Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. with us in person here at Kentucky Trail or watching with us online, we are just honored to have you as guests today. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to give God some big praise this morning.
right, give God some praise in the house today. Okay, we're just going to continue worshiping God this morning. This next song talks about fill this place. And so I pray that you just allow God to fill that spot in your heart today. I don't know what you're going through, but God does. And that's the only thing that matters. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. It is your love that sets our hearts ablaze. There is a light that burns in the darkness. There is a hope that washes the fear away. There is a peace that settles around us. Oh, it is your love that sets our hearts ablaze.
we're just going to keep on worshiping. We're just going to ask that God fill this place with his presence and meet us right here. God, we worship you.
amazing. Isn't it amazing, church, that God just meets us right where we are this morning? No matter what's been going on through this week or through this year, no matter what baggage we bring in with us, God is willing to meet us right in our sin, right in the shame, all the stuff that we have that we carry with us. He meets with us, and he's faithful. And if you believe that today, and if you're so just awestruck by that, will you just give God some praise? Just give a shout, clap your hands, just do something. Give it all to him this morning. So, so good. You know, I'd like to share with you some encouraging words from the scriptures today. We're going to start in Isaiah, and it's going to be up here on the screen. It says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Hebrews, he says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God is ready to meet you here today. He's ready to do something powerful in your life. We're gonna hear such a great word coming up just to strengthen you today. And man, I just want you to turn to someone before you sit down, give them a big smile, give them a big wave, and just say, man, it's so good that God is with us today. Will you do that? It is so good. And you know, if you're joining us online, I wanna extend an extra special greeting to you today. We're so glad that you clicked through, that you're there in the comments, that you're just worshiping right here with us here in KT. So guys in the room, can we just give a huge shout out to everybody joining us online and make them feel welcome today? Such a huge part of our church. We're honored to have you here as our guest. And if you're here in the room today and you're brand new, we are really honored that you came out today to see what's going on here at Real Life Church. And we just want to make you feel super welcome as well. So if you are brand new online or in the room, I'd want to encourage you right now, the perfect time, get your cell phone out and text RLNEW to 97000. A member of our connection team will reach out to you some point this week, 100% digitally, and just make you feel welcome and answer any questions you might have about what we do here at Real Life Church and also just be there to pray for you and and just walk with you this week. So I would encourage you, if you're brand new, reach out to us. And if you're in the room and brand new, do that. And don't leave here without stopping by our new here booth. It's right out here in the hub. We have a small gift for you, just our way of saying welcome home to Real Life Church. Real Life Church is a church on a mission, and that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. God just uses so many people from so many walks of life. One of my favorite things about our church is we have people that serve faithfully every week on our dream team that wouldn't dream of darkening the doors of a church before we launched. We have people that have been burned by church before, people that have been hurt by people from church before, and yet they found a place where they're just loved and just known for who they are. Like I said earlier, you know, your baggage, your shame and all that good stuff, leave it at the door. We just want to meet you where you are here at Real Life Church. And that extends beyond these doors. We want to reach the people of Belton, of Raymore, of Peculiar and beyond and beyond. And so I would just encourage you, if you're not already on mission with us here at Real Life Church, can I just encourage you that to make, make today the day. Plant some roots, get connected. We would just love for you to be a part of our mission at Real Life Church. And one of the ways you can do that if you haven't yet is by going through our next steps. So today we're gonna to be on step number three. It's called the me I was born to be. 
And in this next step, you're gonna find some things about yourself that you maybe didn't even know before. God's gonna unlock some of your talents, some of the gifts he's given you that you might already know, or you might be like, huh, I guess I, uh, I, guess I could do that. I know that if you come, God's just gonna speak to you today. God's just gonna show you something about yourself that maybe you never knew before. Or maybe you do know, and you've been a little bit bashful to step out and do. So I encourage you, make today the day. Come take your next steps right after this gathering. It's at noon in the next steps room right down this hallway. You won't be mad you did. We would love to see you there. Get planted and join us. Join us on mission here at Real Life Church. I'm gonna ask the question again. When is it okay to throw a punch? Because in 2020, we got punched. We got beat up. Some of us got beat up way more than others, right? And the cool thing is, is that, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of us got knocked down, but we didn't get knocked out. And 2021 is here. We're a few weeks in and just, I don't know about you, but it's like, it's like the sunset, just seeing like all the, the, the year ahead of us and just what God's going to do. So let's kind of flip our mindset a little bit and let's start fighting for the things of God again. Let's put the, the pain of the past behind us and let's focus on how God can mold us and shape us to being warriors. Check it out. I don't wish to waste my life on futile matters. On the whisper of mist that is most men's days. For those who do, I say, do not concede to that of stone. The fight that is before us is but the calling to awaken one's soul. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in us all. I'm just curious, is there any warriors in the house today? Can I hear from warriors? <laughs> I like that. Any Kansas City Chiefs warriors in the house? Didn't hear anybody over here. They got these Chiefs gear on, but I didn't hear any warriors cry. Any Cleveland Brown warriors in the house? <laughs> Somebody had to be, right? We still love you. Thanks for being at Real Life. But we're going to just go ahead and call next Sunday a Red Sunday for the AFC Championship. And uh, I guess well, I'm excited, you know, because I was rooting for the Bills yesterday because I'm just a little, uh, little, um, the word, some unfinished business from 1993. Come on, somebody. If you didn't grow up in Kansas City, maybe you did, you didn't realize that we lost the AFC Championship in Buffalo, Buffalo Bills in 93, and this is, I've been bitter since then, okay? So I'm ready to see the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City, but this time they're going to road the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. Come on. Who's excited about this? It's just me. It's just me. Got the Mahomes miracle, so just don't pull a Lamar Jackson today, okay? That's all we're asking for. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Uh, but I'm excited today, man. Last week, uh, we left here, man, with some passion and some energy. Man, as a warrior, Brian Mason, I think it's him, because I can see the, the light reflect off your dome right there, brother. All right. I mean, he preached out in the house last week, did he not? Come on, dude. Seriously. Uh, man, I'm telling you what, I left here like on fire for God, like brave. I was going to tackle the world, like fearless. Man, I was doing all sorts of stuff, you know. Got home, I, you know, that stack of paper on your desk, you just fail to like want to go through. I'm like, man, I'm going to go through these papers, right? I'll make these phone calls. Like, we're just going to tackle the world, uh, looking for a tenant finished property. We've been just kind of pushing hard through that, calling the city, doing this. And then Tuesday happened. Come on, somebody. 
right? I made it two days. That's how it goes, right? We're like a warrior on the outside and like a mess on the inside. And I'll tell you what happened Tuesday. I woke up and uh, our, our daughter, Emery, she's um, two years old and she looked like lethargic. And Diane's like, man, she doesn't look right. Something's off here. Like, I'll take her to the doctor. And so she goes to the doctor. I'm thinking like nothing weird, or whatever. And uh, they do some tests on her. Come back with her blood sugar is like off the chart, like super high. And so immediately, uh, everybody's like, probably got type 1 diabetes. I'm like, oh, dude. I'm like, Googling type 1 diabetes. You know, like, I know enough, but you, you know your parent, your kid may have, you're like, I got everything. And so I'm kind of freaking out. My heart sinks. And, uh, and so Diane, they uh, sent down the children's mercy downtown, and they run a bunch of tests. And all of a sudden, these tests come back the opposite. Like, and there's other things that's weird. It's like nothing's adding up. So I'm like all day just like freaking out what's going on. And they send Emory home. They almost admit her, but everything came back normal ish. And uh, next day, uh, endocrinology calls, and they just say, um, we can't make sense of anything. <laughs> like, these numbers don't add up. Like, that test would have been this, and that means that. We don't think she has this, but maybe she's got that. And so, you know, as a parent, like, your heart just sinks. Like, just that weakened feeling of, like, totally inadequate. Like, what can I do about this? And so, so, so far, so good. Amen? <laughs> like, no news is good news. I'll take it. Like, I don't know, maybe God showed up between the doctor's office and the hospital. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. But I'm telling you, my week went a wreck. I went from a warrior to a wimp, right? <laughs> like, my faith was gone. I was like, are you serious? Now, I'm like, I'm supposed to write a message on Tuesday? Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> You know, my head is just spinning around and around. And for some of us, that's where we are, right? Like God's called us to, to advance a kingdom, to fight a battle, like protect somebody, and then we go run and hide, right? And I feel like that's where we are. There's so many of us, like God's calling us to go a direction, but we're just inside falling apart. And so for me, uh, I'm just going to gear this message towards men. And uh, I just want to push in this to give you guys some encouragement and to help you guys out. But I will say this, without a shadow of a doubt. Some of the strongest, fiercest warriors on planet Earth are women. Amen? Come on, men. Where's the, hey, say amen now. This is your chance. If your wife's here, you better say amen. You can be in trouble later. I'm telling you that much. But I'm intentionally talking to men today, and uh, I mean, it'll be a plug for everybody, but you need, need some spiritual encouragement today that God has called you to be a warrior. I'm going to gear towards men because I think I understand men a little more than women. Come on, somebody. Like, my understanding of women is about zero. I'm just going to admit that. Um, I'm telling you, I talked to somebody a couple weeks ago. They said they're pastor they grew up with wrote a book about how to understand women. It was 300 pages, and every page was blank. Come on. It's about the truth. This is a true published book. I'm like, that's classic. You can think of a lot of titles for, like, a blank collection of books. But anyway, um, you know, women, it's just hard. You can't get your head around. You're, like, elusive. I think you like being elusive, right? Like a unicorn. You can't catch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, like an enigma. It's like trying to hold water in your hand. You just can't figure it out. Um, but, man, this is what we do. We put on a front, don't we? We got that war face. Like, you got to go attack something. <laughs> Right? You know what I'm talking about. Like, it's game on. Like, I'm going to change this, uh, this uh, garbage disposal, right? Like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go fix this car. I'm going to go do this. You're just ready to tackle the game. Like, it don't matter. Like, on the outside, you look like got together. But on the inside, guess what's happening? The insecurity and the fear and the doubt. Man, it can be screaming louder in faith, can't it? Like, there's a voice on one shoulder that's saying you can't. Another says you can, and you're fighting in this battle. And so today, we're going to look at a warrior in the Bible. I think that all of us, the men, women can relate to. Uh, this is the hesitant warrior. Like, somebody knows what God is calling to do. God has spoken to this person, and he hesitates. His name is Gideon. Uh, you might have heard of him. He's in Judges chapter 6. And what's cool about it is Brian preached a message, and uh, he ended with Caleb and Joshua going to the promised land, and we're going to pick up where Brian left off. Come on, dude. God just put that together. And so here's kind of the story of Gideon. Gideon, he's an Israelite. Uh, he, he is growing up uh, pretty much under the oppression of the Midianites. See, when the Israelites came over, there's a lot of ites here, right? When the Israelites came over, uh, they were supposed to worship God. They saw the, 
part in the Red Sea, and they saw God's miracles and freedom from the Egyptians, and then immediately they turn to do their own thing. That doesn't sound familiar at all, right? That's how we go. That's like human nature. And so the Midnights take over the Israelites, and they're being oppressed. Uh, the Midnights come in, and they, they take all the grain. They burn their fields. They kill livestock. They murder their families, and they push the Israelites out of their cities, and they're living in caves, and they're hiding from this group of people. And this is where the story picks up. Gideon is hiding in a cave. He's afraid. And the thing I like about Gideon we can relate to, it says moments of complete courage is a moments of complete cowardice. Like inside, everybody's like a hero and a villain, right? And here's Gideon. He's like a cur- he is full of courage. Like he's the only person in his family that follows God, like the living, true God. And all the rest of the people follow Balaam, but he follows God. It takes a lot of courage to do that. But we find Gideon hiding in a cave, running from these people, hiding food, and he's running as a coward. And this is where you pick up the story in Judges chapter 6, verse 11. This is the beginning of Gideon's story, if you look it up. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah. Who knows Oprah's that old? Come on, somebody. Oprah's been around a while. And it belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was thrashing wheat in a wine press. You might be like, what in the world is the Bible talking about? All you need to know about this is, is that you never thrash wheat in a wine press. Like, it's not made for that. It's made for making wine. But he is hiding from the Midnight's. He is hiding from this group of people because he don't want to see the grain he has. And so it says to keep it from the Midianites. So when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, and this is for you today, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Hey, question. Did Gideon feel like a warrior in that moment? I'm hiding in the wine press, <laughs> keeping my food. You think he felt like a warrior? Oh, no, no, no. This is so ironic because God sees something in Gideon that he doesn't see in himself. Amen. I'm telling you today, you may not feel like a warrior. You may not feel like you have any confidence. You may not feel like you have what it takes. You may not feel like you have enough. You may feel like a failure. You may feel like you can't make it, but God sees more in you than you see in yourself. God sees something in you today. And God goes to Gideon and says, I see something in you. Can I encourage you that God always sees more in you than you see in yourself? We always sell ourselves short to the power of God. See, God's beginning to get Gideon's attention for the first time maybe in his life. He's been told that he is a warrior, that he is successful. He can do this. And God speaks to him. He tries to tell Gideon that he has the heart of a lion. Just look at this picture. Just stare into the eye of this lion. Doesn't that make you a warrior? I mean, just look at that. What do you feel like doing right now? Nothing. You know, one of these days, God will kill a call. You'll be like, I'm going to go charge the field, right? I'm going to do something. But you look in that eye. That's not the eye of something that's weak. That's not the eye of something that's terrified or feels like a failure. That's the eye of a lion. And he tells Gideon, I've made you a warrior. This is something that will put you in your heart that you are a warrior. But Gideon, like all of us, many times, he, through his whole story uh, we're going to talk about today, he hesitates. He's, he has this self-pity. He doesn't feel like he can do it. He doesn't have the confidence. He doesn't have the faith to do it, and he wavers back and forth. And so today, we're going to look at this story of the hesitant warrior. We're going to tell this message called Killing Your Inner Coward. There's a coward inside of us, right? There's this inner fear of failure that exists. And so today, I want to give you three truths to help you battle the hesitant warrior. Number one is this. Every warrior must fight their inner fear of failure. I mean, all of us have a fear of failure. Every warrior, every battle, every day, every time. I lost on Tuesday. Come on, somebody. We have to battle our fear of inner failure. There's a courageous part of us and a cowardly part of us. There's a confident side and a part that's afraid. And this is what happened to Gideon. Look at Genesis chapter, or Judges chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel. 
Hey, Gideon, I'm calling you to rescue a nation. Wow. From the Midianites, I am sending you. In other words, God is telling Gideon, you have what it takes. I've gifted you. I've graced you. I've protected you. I've called you. I've equipped you. Do you guys feel that way today? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you. I wake up looking in the mirror. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I got one of those scales that tell you like all the things about your body. It says 167 pounds of, of muscle surrounded by 50 pounds of fat. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? I was like, there's no warrior mode going right there, right? But he's got to go on that path. But I'm just going to tell you, God is calling you to be a warrior today. He's prepared Gideon, and Gideon, like us, he replies to God, like, I hear you. I have some faith, but not that much faith. I know you're calling me. I know you've graced me. I know you're there. You're here to protect me, but I just don't feel like this is going to happen. So this is what Gideon says to God in Judges chapter 6, verse 15. He says, but Lord, this is what Gideon replies. This is a, his a resume of excuses about to happen. He says, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. I'm, I'm the least in my entire family. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like that when God calls you something? You're like, how can I do that? And I felt that way when we launched the church a little bit. Like, how can God use me? Like, I'm just John. Like, how did this happen? And I think about God, and I love this. God sees a warrior, and like Gideon many times, always sees a failure. Like, we see a failure. But God sees something different inside of us. I mean, we've been there, right, where God calls us to share our faith with somebody, Maybe at our coworker or a friend or somebody at school, and we just knew we were going to say something. We had to call them about Jesus or point them a direction or just help them along the way, and we just didn't do anything. Like we've been there, we knew we should apply for a job or taking that step of faith or maybe quit something we're doing or break a habit, but we just didn't feel like we had it. Like we just wouldn't measure up. Maybe feel like we'd fail at it. Or maybe God's called us to serve or to give, maybe get baptized or just follow God or be a spiritual leader at home. We're like, man, what if I just don't have the right answer? Like, what if I don't have enough time? Like, what if it didn't work out? We have this fear inside of us of inner failure. And that's why I believe it's so important for us as the body of Christ that we encourage one another daily. That we encourage somebody today. Everybody wants to know they're needed and known. Everybody needs to hear that. Men, you need to hear this today. Men, your, your wife, the women in your life, they need to know that you cherish them. They're going to fight for them. They're going to go after them. Can I tell you, after 13 years of marriage, I've learned a few things. I learned that doing the dishes, come on, I can't pretend to do dishes here. It's sexy. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Doing the laundry, folding the laundry, it's really, really sexy. Vacuum the floor, come on. You know what I'm talking about. Little get your sweeper out. It's really, really sexy. You get in a chair, so we had a third kid, by the way. I'm going to tell you, it's it's. There's a lot to clean, you know what I'm saying? It's like diaper, 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 poop on the face. Diaper, diaper, you know what I'm saying? And just like clothes everywhere. It's like, yeah, keep up with everything. Man, you, you want to cherish your woman? Go home and clean the house. Come on, somebody. <laughs> All the guys are like, dude, you are preaching at me right now. I'm not coming back next week. I'm tired of this. You know, if you, you know it's, it's, it's a spiritual truth that you get points for cleaning the house. Come on. It's just a spiritual reality. You might get some points. I'm going to tell you something. In a woman's economy, I do know this. I've learned one lesson, all right? All the points evaporate at midnight, and all the women said, amen. <laughs> like, it restarts, dude. They come. Nope, don't bring that up. You know, men are, are different than women, right? Like, we don't, I never walked up dying and said, do you cherish me? Woo, do you cherish me? Look at me. You, you notice me? You notice? No, no, no. no all I want to know is, do you believe in me? Do you believe me? Do you think I can do this? Because if she thinks I can do it, I can do this. But if she goes, ah, I don't know. She can't tear you down. Like, she knows me more than anybody. And if she doesn't believe in me, then I'm like, eh, if you don't think I can do it, 
then I probably can't do it. I'm probably not that good. And today matters, you know, because you got to build us men up because this is how it works. Our, our self-confidence, it evaporates at the last accomplishment. Like we charge the hill, we climb the mountain, and once we're done with that, guess what? we got to find something else to tackle, right? You may win the game. You may have had a great quarter in sales. You may do all this stuff, and then guess what? It kind of starts over like, man, am I worth it? Am I that good enough? Can I do it again? Or I try it last time and look what happened. Come on. Like, I'm not going to do that again. We're programmed that way here in the United States. That's how we, we operate. It's just accomplishment-driven. You're only as good as your last accomplishment. Uh, as, you do in the, uh, as they say in the, in the business, uh, you're only as good as your last mess-up. Like, you mess it up, that's what you're worth. You're only as good as your failure. And so when Diane says, you have what it takes, guess what? I get excited, right? It makes all the difference in the world. So I want to tell you this today. For better or for worse, your warrior often becomes what you believe about him. Come on, somebody. Your warrior becomes what you believe about him. Now, I will tell you, if your man, like, went astray and you're walking through a divorce or you've been separated or divorced, it's not your fault. He made his own choice, Amen. He has his own mind, he has his own heart, he has his own will and volition. It's not your fault. But what you do say matters so much. You can build somebody up or tear them down. Can you imagine how it feels if Diane said, man, I wish you were like so-and-so. Man, I wish you'd preach like Louis Giglio. <laughs> wish you'd be like that guy, you know. I, w- I wish you were like romantic like Barry. Barry's so romantic. <laughs> I wish I was like, you need a haircut like Barry. I love his hair blown in the wind, his chest hair. <sighs> can you imagine can you imagine dying star comparing me to everybody? I mean, you don't pay attention to me like that person does to his wife. Like, if you care about me the way he cared about her, if he, he sent her a flower, he vacuumed the floor. I saw him working on that house. Can you imagine how I'd feel? It's so important that you build people up. I'll tell you this, it takes the words of a warrior to bring out a warrior. It takes the words of a warrior. It takes somebody in your life saying, you are a warrior. Now, maybe you didn't grow up with a mommy that told you you're a warrior, or a daddy that told you you're a warrior, but you are a warrior, amen? And you can change that for your family and all generations. Words don't make excuses. Like, you don't have to wait for somebody to tell you. I'm telling you right now, you are a warrior. And you can change the destiny of your entire generation of your families. You can tell you, you can be the first person in your family to tell your kids that you're proud of them. You can be the first person in your family to stay there for your kids and be involved in their life. You can be the first person in your family that can look at your kids and say, you're going to make some mistakes, but I'm here for you. I made a lot of mistakes too, kid. I'm just lucky to be here. You can, you can be that person, amen? You can be that person who chooses to look in somebody else's face and say, I believe in you. I believe in you. Like we are, we're gonna fail, but I believe in you. I care about you. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe in you. Come on, look at your neighbor. I believe in you. All right, now look at your second choice. I believe in you too. Mm. Some of you just lied right now. <laughs> it's the truth. But for better or for worse, I believe in you. That's what God's calling us to do. We have to build each other up. You know, gentlemen, I don't know what it is, but we're afraid of some stuff. Like, we're not going to tell anybody. But we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of disappointment. We're afraid of not measuring up. We're afraid that we're going to have the same outcome that we did last time. We're going to afraid it's going to go the same way. We're going to be in that relationship. It's going to fall apart. We're just afraid that it may turn out the way, might turn out the way we want it to. We're afraid of looking second best. We're afraid of being vulnerable. We're afraid of getting real. We're afraid of being gentle because it may feel like we're weak. We're afraid of those things. Can I encourage you today? May you have to fight that battle of inner failure every single day if you're going to be a warrior who doesn't hesitate. This is why it's so important to understand this. In Christ, you have everything you need to battle and win. You have everything you need to battle and win. 
In Christ, you have everything you need to battle and win. I'm going to keep saying it. In Christ, you have everything you need to battle and win. It's so important to understand this. Every word in this sentence is so important. In Christ. It's not in you that you have to battle and win. It's in Christ you have to battle and win. If it was up to us, we'd be in big trouble. Amen? We can't even find our car keys in the morning. Come on. But it's up to God. And it's through his power and his strength that we can battle and win. Look at this, what happened to Gideon in Judges 6, 14. Gideon begins to battle his inner demons. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. See, Gideon already had what he needed. He already had enough. He was a warrior. He said, and save Israel. You're calling out to fight the biggest battle. You're going to save an entire nation out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Whose voice are you listening to today? Can I tell you, you have everything it takes. You have enough courage. You have enough faith. You have enough finances. You have enough friends. You have enough likes on Facebook. You have all you need to follow God as a warrior. Amen. That you can follow him in this moment today. Men, gentlemen, you know, if you follow Christ, you have the heart of a warrior. You have someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to fight today. And that you are strong in the Lord and might in his power. And the weapons you fight against aren't the weapons with the world. You fight with heavenly weapons to demolish the strongholds and tear down the things that aren't from God in your life. You know that God has given you the full armor of God when you accepted Jesus? That he's given you the helmet of salvation? That you know who you are and whose you are? You know that God is behind you and in front of you? And come on, somebody, welcome to the New Testament. He is inside of you, amen? You have the helmet of salvation. You know whose you are. You know your identity. Your earthly father may have messed it all up, but your heavenly father has it right. One of the greatest things you could ever know is that you can't change your earthly father, but you can meet your heavenly father. You can't have a relationship with him, and he will give you a new identity in Christ. You will always be your father's son, but you're not your earthly father. Amen? You're not your earthly father. The standard you have is Jesus, and he has given you the helmet of salvation. He has given you the breastplate of righteousness. He has given you a, a shield over your chest that when the devil shoots a fiery dart, you will quench the flame, that you are called to step out by not your righteousness and how good you are as a man, but how good Jesus is, amen? And you can walk anywhere in the world because God has put his armor on you. He's given you the shield of faith that you carry in front of you so you can press into the things that aren't of God because you need some protection. And that shield of faith is just what it is. Just one foot in front of you, one step at a time, taking the faith of God to battle as men. God has given you the sword of the spirit that can divide soul and spirit. It can discern the hearts and intentions and thoughts of people's hearts. There's a sword of the spirit that wins souls. It's when you're hanging out with your friends and you tell them, man, I love you, bro, but that's not what God has for your life. Like, I know it may not be cool, but th this is what God's calling me to do, man. It's the sword of the spirit that just kind of pricks people's hearts, just kind of speaks to them. And all you do is go out with that sword of spirit and you start winning some souls, amen? This isn't a sword made of, of metal or a rifle. It's a sword made of God. That spirit of God begins to speak in people's lives because you're battling not an earthly battle, but you're battling for your friends. That one day they may go to heaven because they know Jesus. Now, the life they have now isn't a life that's just going through hell on earth. It's a life full of grace. It's called the abundant life, amen? And so you're put in your block and your situation around your family as a man of God to be a warrior on your block. You're just gonna own that block. This is my war zone. Come on, somebody. That little gaming thing you got going with all your friends online, that's your war zone, amen? That team that you play on, that, that's your war zone. Your coworkers, that Zoom meeting, we all hate. 
It's a war zone, right? And God's giving you the sword of the spirit. And he's called you to bring the word of God to people. And he's given you the belt of truth that just holds everything together. You can line your life with God. He's giving the feet shod with the, with the gospel of peace. That the armor around your feet is important because you can run into the darkest places of the world and bring the light of Jesus. Amen. I'm calling you men. I'm calling you out. That God has made you a warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Amen. I'm telling you, my preaching is better your response. I'm telling you, you are a warrior in your family in this life. The problem is we often hesitate. We often get nervous. We often take our eyes off of God. And we often just stand still and paralyzed with fear because we just can't see what God is up to. You know, especially when you try something you tried before and it didn't work out. You may not know this story about Gideon, but in the story of Gideon, his older brother was killed by the Midnights. So when Gideon is hiding with fear in a cave, he had every reason to hide. He had every reason to quit. He had every reason to be a coward. He had a reason not to get back up when he got knocked down. He had every reason. No one's gonna fault Gideon. We'd all do the same thing. But God calls him up and says, no, no, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. It's time to go to war. It's time to get the battle plan on and set your people free. And so Gideon looks at God and says, well, God, I don't have enough. I only have 32,000 men. I need more warriors, God. And God teaches Gideon a lesson that we need to learn today. And he says, Gideon, you have more than enough. You have all you need. Look what it says in Judges 7, 2. It says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If you let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Gideon, it's not about you. And so he tells Gideon, you need to tell everybody that's afraid to go home to their families. Just go on, get on out of here. Get on home. Go back to your wife and your kids. Get on out of here. And 22,000 warriors leave. And Gideon's stuck with 10,000. He's like, we're going backwards. Like, seriously? This is the wrong direction, God. And God says, there's still too many. You have more than enough in this moment. All you do is tell you all the warriors, they need to go down to the river. And those who kneel down and drink, they're going to go on home. And those who put their hands in the water and make a cup and drink from their hands, they're going to stay. Only 300 men were left. So here's Gideon, who went from 32,000 to 300 in this moment. And Gideon's gonna learn something that we need to learn today. Sometimes when you follow God, it starts with a step backwards. Sometimes you guys started 2021 and you guys had a big goal, right? You're like, I'm gonna lose some weight. And all you're doing is run to the fridge, amen? Come on, somebody. Going the wrong direction. Some of you guys, you're like, I'm gonna pay off my debt this year. And your car got stolen. Come on, Logan Hardy. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we found it. The guys left it with immaculate condition, right? <laughs> Not drivable. I mean, some of us were like, we're gonna have some healthy relationships here. I'm gonna be best year of my marriage. And then guess what? You got in the biggest fight you've ever been in. You started going backwards. Why are we going backwards in 2021? And this is a story of me as a pastor. I started at a church staff when I was 22 years old. Started as a youth pastor, me and Diane started on staff. And um, man, we had one of the fastest growing youth ministries in this part of the country. Man, it's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, we went from 40 to four. Come on, somebody. It was a Gideon revival. You know what I'm talking about? We grew that thing, boom, straight down. We did this event and uh, I got the bus all warmed up and we're gonna have a great time. Hashtag corn maze fail. And um, so I was ready. And uh, you know how people showed up for? Me, Diane, and two people who go to our church, come on. I don't know if they're in the house today. Kayla Hanks and Mandy Spratt. 
they showed up to this event. I remember driving, the, uh, we had an old manual Florida Explorer. I turned the bus off, you know, we don't need a bus. Yeah. I drove my Explorer up to Liberty and went to the corn maze. And we were, we were, we were rocking out to Toby Mac and portable sounds booming. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm that old or that young, depending who we're talking to. Right? And uh, I remember Kayla, she gets out, and we're, this course is dark in the corn maze, and she's running around, she gets separated from the, us three, and uh, she had the uh, old school camcorder, you know, uh, back for a digital time. And uh, she's running around the corn maze by herself. And you know Kayla, she always gets lost. I'm just telling you, she is lost no matter where she goes. Uh, I've got so many calls when I was a youth pastor, she's two in the morning, I'm lost downtown. Like, what are you doing? I'm trying to find the haunted houses. It's like, you probably need to go home, sister. <laughs> you know, it's like a little closed now, I think. I've been driving for two hours, you know, kind of those things. And um, it's Kayla, she got lost. But she made this Blair Witch video, come on, somebody. She's running around the corn maze with the light on her face. <laughs> she's crying. I'll never forget it, you know? I mean, it's just like youth ministry moments. You know, you see all that and you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's, you remember the event, you know, but you remember just being disappointed. You're like, oh, like me, you did all this and you thought you'd have more kids, right? And what you realize that God's starting to teach you is that if you blame yourself for the decline, you might be tempted to take the credit on the increase. You might be tempted to think that it was your ability that somehow grew that thing. You might think it's your ability that somehow made those people show up like you were so special, like it was your talent and your gift and your smile and your relationship. That's not it at all. I had to realize that God had to do something inside me. It felt like I was going backwards so that God could start doing something through me, amen? So God's, God's power could start showing off. Because if it's about your insecurity and if people like you and they wanna follow you, and if you're on stage, and you're just gonna get burned. You're gonna hurt every person that you lead. But God says, no, I'm gonna strip you down because it's Jesus plus nothing. It's nothing else but Jesus. The only reason people are getting changed is because of Jesus. The only reason people are coming is because of Jesus. Yeah, you can do the hard work up front. You can put in the, in the input, but God always does the outcome, amen? God does the work. God grows. God's reached people. And so I'm just gonna encourage you today, if you're taking a step backwards in 2021, hashtag government, come on, somebody. If you're going backwards in 2021, it's because God's trying to teach you something. And you need to ask God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? What are you trying to teach me in this season? This is where Gideon was in the same spot. This is what his story is like, from 32,000 to a revival of 300. And now at this point, Gideon is freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, is this surely from God? I'm not sure, maybe this isn't the real God. I don't know what's going on. And so he says, we'll just bring down some fire. And so God brings some fire. He goes, that was cool, you're the living God. And he says, well, I'm not sure yet though. <laughs> that sounds right, right, <laughs> like most of us. And so he gets this fleece out, this piece of cloth. And he says, well, I wanna put this here in the thrashing floor. And if it's wet, and the ground is dry in the morning, I know it's from you. Sure enough, he gets up in the morning, it's wet, the floor's dry. Oh, you're God, yeah. Oh, excuse me, God, though, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, can we just flip that a little bit? Can you make the cloth dry and the floor wet? So I'll wake up tomorrow, so I know it's from you. Okay, sure, <laughs> there God does it again. And Gideon's like, okay, I think I can do this. He's so hesitant every step of the way. He's maybe speaking today. And so God says, well, here's the battle plan. I'm just gonna let you know, take those 300 men. We're gonna get some trumpets. We're gonna get some jars. And you're gonna surround the Midianite army. And this army, okay, is 120,000 Midianites. 300 men. So I want you to surround this camp. Then you're gonna toot your horn. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Throw out the KJV. <laughs> toot your horn. Then you're gonna smash the jars. And you're gonna cry out. What a silly plan. <laughs> Gideon's thinking like, 
got some machine guns, some missiles. 50,000 people, how good. Got 100,000 would be great. But Gideon, he decides to follow this silly plan from God, do exactly what God's called him to do in Judges 7, 21. It says, while each man did what? What's it say? Each man held his position. Each man, each of those 300 had enough faith to walk out and surround this army that was astronomically, statistically impossible to beat and stand there with a French horn and a beer mug, come on somebody, and defeat this army. And they stood in their position around the camp and love what happened. They chewed the horn, the jars broke, they screamed out and all the Midianites ran, I love it, crying out as they fled, mommy! Can you imagine that? This was God's plan, just to show off a little bit. On some Tuesday morning, we didn't think God would show up when your kid might have some kind of life-altering disease, and God shows up in a big way. And all of a sudden, Gideon, he becomes a whole new man. He went from like a little hesitant, wimpy warrior to a bold warrior. And the rest of the story is outrageous. If you get a chance to read this, it is incredible. Genesis, or Judges 6 and 7. And Gideon, he doesn't just pursue this army. He runs all the way back to their home city. He tells the Israelites, we're going to take all of this up the river. We're going to cross Jordan. By the way, he went over the top, just saying. He didn't split this one, okay? And he went and pursued these kings. He actually went through a city, and the city told Gideon, because there's always those naysayers. Oh, by the way, when he beat the army, the first person to talk to him said, well, why did you tell us you're going to do that? Hashtag leadership. There's another lesson right there. And then he crossed the Jordan, and this city he ran to said, well, you haven't beat him yet. You don't have their heads. It'll all come back, don't you worry. He flanks the city, he takes the kings, the two, the two kings back, and they're with him, they're, they're as prisoners. He gets to the city and said, well, who's all the rest of the Senate? Because I know some of them live here. He takes them out and kills them right there in the city. Then he does something crazy, he kills all the men in the city. He must have been mad, I don't know what was going on. And then the kings look at him, well, he asked the kings, he said, do you recognize me? He said, well, you look a little familiar. Well, you sure recognize me. He goes, you know what, actually, I do recognize you. There's a couple people look just like you a few years back we killed. He goes, yeah, those are my brothers from my own mom, and you killed them. I'm here to let you know you're gonna die today. And he took the sword out and handed it to his son, who's about to learn what it is to be a warrior. And his son goes, uh, I don't know if I can do this. And those kings go, why don't you kill me like a man instead of having this boy do it? And so he takes the, hand, the sword from this kid's hand. And he says, son, this is what warriors do. <laughs> Cuts off their heads. You used to think Gideon was kind of weak. I think that guy's bad, dude. Cobra Kai got nothing on Gideon. You know what I'm saying? Strike first. I'm just telling you, like, dude, what a man. Like, what a man. One person who followed God and all of Israel set him free. You don't think you can do what God calls you to do, can you? You don't think if God called you to be up here and lead a church, you could do it. Yes, you can. You don't think you can be that Christian in your family. Yes, you can. You don't think you can be the Christian on your team. Yes, you can. God has called you, you can do it because it's his power and not your own. I'm gonna encourage you, if you ever get fearful and afraid that God can't change your life and you can't take a stand, look what it says in Ephesians 6, 13. It says, therefore put, put, therefore put on the full armor of God so that, you, so that when the day of evil comes, and by the way, it will, if we're not in that, right? You may be able to do what? What's it say? You may stand your ground. Get that full armor, that helmet, that breastplate, that sword that belt, those armor over your feet, 
that God has given you so you can just stand your ground. So when the devil tries to do something in your life or self-doubt rises up or a faithless moment occurs like on a Tuesday morning, you can say, well, God's got this. I don't know what God's doing. I've got a French horn and a beer mug. That's all I need if you've got a French horn and a beer mug, right? I don't know what you've got in your locker. I don't know what you've got in your house, but you have enough for God to use you, amen? You have enough that that resume excuses doesn't work with God because he's gonna take every excuse you've got. He's gonna just say, you're gonna go backwards a little bit because you know why? You know, you know why you're stepping backwards? Because you're stepping outside yourself and you're making room. <laughs> I thought I was gonna go off the stage, didn't you? We'll go back up here. You're stepping backwards because you're stepping out of yourself so you can make room for God. Come on, somebody. There's no room for God when it's all about you and you can do your own power, your own strength, you can take credit for it. What in your life have you been trying to do on your own? What is God calling you to make some room for? Maybe you might be the only person that says, I'm not going to the party. I'm making room for God. You might, you might be going through a terrible divorce situation and bitter and upset. You're like, well, I'm just gonna make room for God. Just gonna step back. Maybe, maybe you're in a school district and things aren't going your way. Maybe you're a teacher and you don't like how things are run. Maybe you got whatever, right? Wish the government would take a step back. Make room for God. God wants you today. He has a plan for you. He calls you a mighty warrior. I don't know if you ever heard that in your life, but the day I'm declaring over you, you are a mighty warrior. You can stand your ground with your family. You can stand your ground in this culture and you can actually take ground from the enemy and change a generation of people. That's what warriors do. I love it. Gideon went from a hesitant warrior to one of the most brave, bad warriors ever existed. And God could do the same thing in your life today. Father, we come before you. God, thank you for the story of Gideon and what shows off your power and your strength. You don't need anything from us. It's all you today. And so God, I pray for somebody today, man, somebody that just needs some more faith, somebody just to make room for God. Maybe this season's been about us. We've been scrambling since 2020 to figure it all out. And today we say, you know what, God, you got it. I've been going backwards, but I know you're trying to teach me something. And so God, I'm just gonna make room for you. If that's you today and you feel like you wanna make room for God in this moment, you just put your hand there and say, you know what, I'm a warrior today. God, I'm making room for you in this moment. I wanna pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for every hand raised. God, every heart changed. God, we've been just thinking about the wrong way. God, there is enough in my bank account. God, there's enough energy in my life. I have enough time to focus on the things that you called me to do. God, help me to change and realize I'm the warrior that you called me to be. God, show me even though I want a sign. God, that I don't need a sign. Help me not take the credit when it goes good and have to blame myself when it goes bad. God, help me to realize it's all for you. God, thank you for the armor of God that you've put on me that I can fight the enemy and take ground and fight for the souls of my family and my friends and my kids. And I can leave an internal impact called a legacy for eternity and here in Cass County, wherever you plant me because you have changed my life. God, thank you that I'm not my father's son. I am a heavenly father's son and I'm a warrior created to fight a battle that is between soul to soul. And so God, help me, God, to stand my ground in this season when the world is pushing and going left, I'm gonna go right because that's where you called me to go. So God, I pray also for one more group of people today that realize that Jesus fought for them on the cross. Your life may feel like you're going backwards because God's getting your attention. That God has pursued you every step of the way. Who is Jesus? Jesus is a sinless son of God. He came to our neighborhood, the worst corner of the universe, to die on the cross for us, to set us free from the power of sin, death, and the grave because God loves us. And God is with us and Jesus fights our battles. And maybe the day you need Jesus, you need to realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior, that you wanna follow the greatest warrior that ever existed. His name is Jesus. 
He didn't come to take an earthly throne. He came to save souls, to rescue those who need forgiveness. That's you and me. So maybe today you say, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need new life in Christ. And if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and maybe you're online and say, I need Jesus. Put your hand up right now. Say, I need Jesus. I just wanna pray for you in this moment. Come on, be like that today. Say, I need Jesus. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. My life's been about myself, but today I realize you've been pursuing me. The Holy Spirit's been calling me. Today I'm gonna make room for you. God, you can have my life. I wanna serve you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for God today. Come on. Hey, if you're here today or you're online and you made that prayer, you prayed that and made that decision for Jesus, I want you guys to know that we are so excited for you. It's not the end of something. It's the beginning of a great journey. And we want to go on that journey with you. So I've got a couple great next steps for you. So if that's you today, your first one is this. Just let us know about your decision by texting RL next to 97000. We'll have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. They'll help you get you, uh, get you squared away. They want to make you feel at home right here at Real Life and just help you again any way that we can. If you happen to be with us in person, you can stop at the back of the worship center. Grab a red bag on the table at the back. Inside there's a Bible. There's a link to some free resources. Man, what a great next step for you if you made that decision today. And again, we're so excited for you. We would love to hear from you. For everybody else, got a couple great next steps for you as well. Sean talked about killing the inner coward, the inner fear. And I don't know about you, for me, sometimes that's not easy because either I don't have the information or I don't have anybody in my corner. It doesn't feel like it. So if that's you today, you haven't checked out our next steps, I wanna invite you out right after this gathering for about 30 minutes. We're in a classroom right out of the back. You can follow the signs. And in there, you'll get a chance to hang out with us. We'd love to hear your story. We would love to uh, share our story with you because we're on a mission. And we know one thing, that you have a purpose and God has a purpose in, in your life for you to fulfill. And that's the thing, that's the, that's the lie that the enemy tells us that so many of us buy. And that's why we're afraid all the time. We just think that we're worthless. We don't have anything to offer the world. You know, we've been told that by so many people, we've believed it. And I want you to know that's not the truth. And we'll have, we'll have people in there that will let you know what God has for you and just help you discover that. So we would love to see you in the Next Steps class. The other thing you could do is this, is that I know this, is that I never feel more powerful than I'm surrounded by people that are on mission with me. And we do that by serving here. You get on the dream team, and whatever your gifting is, there's a spot for you. Whether you want to be a door greeter or just help behind the scenes setting up pipe and drape, I know one thing is that when, when I get around other people that want to do something for God, and we accomplish things that I never thought were possible. I never thought before we started doing church here that we could ever have a group of people that could do everything that gets set up here. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many things that go on behind the scene, whether on serve days or reach out to the community, and you can be a part of that. And you'll gain purpose and you'll find that you're making a difference and that fear will wash away once you get on a team. So I would love to invite you out, get on the dream team, check us out in next steps. We would love to have you as part of our group. And one of the other things that we do here about being on Mission Real Life is every warrior has that mission and they have a strategy. Gideon had a strategy, he got it from God. And so when we give here, we do everything with a strategy. Everything has a purpose. Everything's been prayed for and planned on. Every dollar has, has that purpose laid on it. And you guys are a part of that. You guys have been so generous. And I wanna to continue to invite you to be with us on our strategy just to reach what God has for us to do in this community. And so as always, if you feel called to give here at Real Life, there are three, three ways you can do that. The first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321, or if you have a cash or check, you could drop it in the box at the back of the worship center. I want you guys to check out this video and you see how your generosity is making a difference right now.
Real life, your generosity is about to make a huge impact here in our community. Man, you guys gave over $35,000 for Heart for the House and helped mobilize the church in 2021. Well, here we are. And for the last few weeks, we've been looking at different places, and this is one of the places that we have been looking at. We've been diligently searching for our place of physical presence here in our community. And in this place, man, we are called to have a home for our offices, for youth group, uh, for our worship practice, uh, to have a place for our life groups to meet, and at least, last but not least, but storage. And uh, this place would solve so many issues that we have, so many problems we have in our church. And one of the things we don't think about is about the pressure we put on our leadership and our team to have every meeting at their house, the office at their house, the store thing at their house. Uh, we have band practice and worship practice in everybody's basements, youth group in our homes. And you know, we love doing that. We're called to do these things, but God has given us the opportunity to take the next step, have a physical presence in the community, and we're excited to find a home. This is one of many places we're looking at currently. I just want to give an update that we are diligently searching for a place. So I invite you, man, to pray with us, to unite together as the church and ask God to give us the right location for the right price, with the right relationships to make the biggest difference here in our community. I would encourage you to be faithful, to give to what God has called you to be a part of. I wanna say thank you to everybody who's given for Heart for the House. It's not too late to give. You'd love to be a part of this. I know God's gonna do incredible stuff. Thank you for your generosity. Can't wait to see what God's gonna do in the weeks to come. Isn't that cool to see what God's doing with uh, the Heart for the House? Man, it is gonna be so awesome to see what, what God does through you guys' giving in the community. So we are so excited for that and we'll keep you updated as we make progress on that. Hey, Pastor Sean, I never wanna correct you from the stage, but I'm gonna take this opportunity. You got the wrong bald guy. I'm not the king of romance. It's Mr. Scott Germain right over here. He's the man, so if you ever need any tips, go talk to this guy, he's, he's got it going on. Hey. All seriousness, if you guys have uh, a prayer need, want to pray about something, pray for somebody, we have a team member who we would love to pray with you guys today. Hey, don't miss week four of Warrior next week. Invite your friends and family, 9, 30, and 11. We'd love to see you guys there. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. We'll see you guys next week.